Hey everybody, you are listening to the Accelerate Performance Lab podcast, hosted by Accelerate's Director of Experimental Science and Social Media Manager, Riley Witt. You are about to hear from some of the world's leading experts in sports performance and human optimization. From elite scientists to world-class coaches, this is the place to be to accelerate your performance. So, as always, sit back, buckle up, enjoy the ride. Here we go. In this week's episode of the Accelerate Performance Lab podcast, I sit down with Dan Jennings. Dan Jennings is a West Des Moines native. He led the Valley High School baseball team to two back-to-back state championships in 2004 and 2005. Jennings attended the University of Nebraska where he played college baseball for the Cornhuskers. After college, Dan played professional ball in the major leagues for the Miami Marlins, Chicago White Sox, Tampa Bay Rays, Milwaukee Brewers, and Washington Nationals. After he hung up his cleats, Dan is now pursuing his love of sports in the recovery space by opening up a sauna and float tank studio in Grimes, Iowa. In this episode, we discuss all the benefits of infrared saunas and float tanks and how they can be used to increase your performance in whatever sport you play. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dan Jennings. It's really great to have you on the show, Dan. I've really looked forward to this conversation. What really led you to the interest in sauna and float tank? Yeah, so naturally being a a former athlete myself, the number one thing in your career is focusing on how you can recover and play the next day or run the next meet or the next game or competition, whatever it is, is how can I best prepare for that? Um, And it was kind of a combination of things when I was uh, playing down in Miami, while I was kind of traveling across the country, you know, constantly busy during our season, my wife was working at a bar fitness studio, and she was managing that studio. And while she was doing that, she was actually going to a tanning salon that had an infrared sauna, uh, infrared sauna in the back. And she was using that pretty regularly. And that was just a business who kind of just threw one in there as a, you know, passive source of income. It wasn't their main primary business. But she kind of really fell in love with that, even though we were living in Florida where it's, you know, 89 degrees, 365, she was still doing that and seeing amazing results. And fast forward, now we moved back to Iowa in 2017 and everybody knows here it's just bitter cold. I think it's 20 degrees with a zero wind chill out right now. And as an athlete, it's especially hard to, you know, get your body going. Like I think my workout personally today was a time mile run. And I don't have a treadmill at our gym. So my first reaction was, how the heck am I going to do that? Instead, I just rode the bike for a little bit. But even so, you know, when it's cold out, your muscles are tight. It's hard to get loose. It's hard to get going. It's hard to get out of bed in the morning, frankly, when you see it's, you know, just miserable outside. And so we were sitting, uh, we dropped my daughter off at dance one day and we were just kind of cruising around grabbing dinner. And my wife said, did you, have you ever seen these infrared sauna studios that are kind of popping up in places? And I said, I didn't know. I mean, most people are used to the typical sauna at like Lifetime Fitness where you get to go sit with six strangers and, you know, enjoy the the 200, 205 degree heat for five minutes after your workout or whatnot. And that's it. But so anyway, so we started just kind of doing our research and finding out what's out there. And we came across Pure Sweat mainly because they had a very impressive presence on the internet. Um, Their social media was very well done. Uh, Once we called them, they had some very impressive people that have backgrounds with places such as Lululemon and Cycle Bar and Bar Studios and stuff like that, stuff that really fits this kind of business and then this business model, but also the demographic of people and, and such that you're trying to reach. Uh, so we started just researching him more and more. We reached out to him. We kind of told him our situation, told him we kind of had a spot picked out close to uh, where I already naturally um, manage gym and said how well that would pair with that and the amount of people that we get in and out of our building and our facilities on a daily basis. And really, it just took off from there. We took a trip down to Nashville to check out their franchise because all of the franchise partners for them right now are in or around Nashville. They have five in and around Nashville with a few more on the way. Uh, And there's a few that are opening up across the country behind us, Portland, Park City, Utah, Washington, D.C. So uh, we're kind of on the front end of this franchise, which is really neat because they're giving us a lot of attention and and detail and, and very uh, hands-on involved with what we're trying to do is is really pioneer this space. But when we were there, we got to experience the sauna and then we also got to experience the float and the float was something not a lot of people have heard of. 
but it is start starting to make incredible strides in the world of of people and their mental well-being and you know the concerns that go along with that and the easiest way i can talk about float is um one great example is tom brady put the same one that we have in his house tom brady i think is the definition of peak performance and health, you know, a guy who I think he's 45 playing in the NFL at a high level, the guy's doing something right. And people kind of want to know what that is, whether you're an average Joe that just works a nine to five, or you're an athlete playing at the highest level, you know, it's, it's fun to try to mimic what they're doing to just feel better on a daily basis. Another example is Steph Curry has a, a float as well. So another guy that people are seeing cares tremendously about his personal health and his mental well-being and how it translates to the field or the court. So anyways, once yeah. we, we took our trip and then it kind of took off from there, you know, we, we, we all said, we're not going down there unless we were very serious about this. Um, and a lot of things fell into place after that, where we had the, the spot picked out. Uh, we had the construction team picked out. We had our team picked out, which made a lot of sense and really just took off from there. And it's been fun ever since. So what brought you back to Iowa? I was an interesting place to bring this back to. Obviously it's cold. So it, the sauna is, is a lot more enjoyable for sure. But, but what brought you back here? Well, it's, it's kind of funny. So when I was playing down in Miami, we lived in, in South Florida and we lived there for a long time. Uh, I ended up get tra getting traded to Chicago back to the Midwest. And it kind of sparked up some conversations for my wife and myself about kids and, and where we want our kids to go to school and grow, grow up and, Having grown up here myself and gone through the public school system here, it's just a no-brainer. I mean, the schools here are utterly amazing. The neighborhoods, you know, families, it's, you know, an incredible place to grow up and raise a family. Whereas Florida is a little bit tougher, a little bit faster paced, you know, schooling isn't quite as good. And so um, that became an easy decision for us. Uh, as my daughter was entering kindergarten, we decided to move back here. And as fate would have it, as soon as we decided to build a house here, I got traded to Tampa. So back to Florida. <laughs> but that didn't change our decision whatsoever. We still wanted to spend our off seasons here and have our family grow up here. And been here ever since. And then uh, once my career ended in 2019, it really became, okay, kind of what's next and what can I put my heart and my passion into? And this is something that my wife, having managed a boutique fitness studio in the past and uh, kind of me with the, the background that I have in athletics, it just made a whole lot of sense. And then our business partner, Nate, who owns and operates four different CrossFit gyms, it just, uh, the whole thing kind of really fell in, into place in a good way. It's quite the quite the story, that's for sure. So sauna and sensory deprivation, that's that's an interesting combination. Um, I just had a podcast recording with Marcus Bradley. Um, he's a Wim Hof instructor and big into ice bath and breath work. And so that's an also interesting combination. Um, I normally think of when I think of sauna, I think the complete opposite in sauna and ice bath. So why why that combination? Why is it sauna and float tank? That's actually a really phenomenal question. And and I don't think you probably knew this beforehand, but the question is incredibly relevant because our franchise partner that's opening up in Portland soon is actually doing, instead of float, they're doing cold plunge. Um, they're going to have that contrast where you can go back and forth from the song and the cold plunge. Uh, we found out kind of late in the game that they were doing that. And um, it was kind of right before our build out where we got wind of that. And we said, shoot, we could pivot here and do the cold plunge. And a lot of people are asking for that and, and wanting to try that. Um, what I ultimately wrapped my head around is the float is so new and, and a lot of people don't know what it is. A lot of people, you know, maybe they get a big trough and throw a bunch of ice and water in there and have tried that and experienced that. And although I think both are incredible things and tools for an athlete to have or a person in general to have, we ultimately landed on the float and I think we made a phenomenal decision. I'm not sure there was a wrong choice, but I think we made a good decision because the float has been incredibly popular and it's been booked darn near full every single day. And I think an ice bath is so easy to do at home that it's, it's you obviously can't just pour thousands of pounds of Epsom salt in your bath and take a sensory deprivation, um, but you can pour some ice in your bath and, and get that benefit. So it does make sense where, where you're going to give people that opportunity for a float tank when they could probably do an ice bath at home. So I guess if we dive more into the science behind things, um, I guess we can start with the sauna. Why would you, as a as a professional athlete, use the sauna as a performance-enhancing benefit? What's neat and what's special about our saunas, and the first thing that we tell people, clients, when they come in, is we want to inform and educate them kind of as quickly as we can, because the goal is to get them in the sauna, right? Like, we want them to get out of the cold, and we're not trying to spend 30 minutes, you know, educating them, but a quick kind of dose of education as to what it is and what it does 
Um, and I'll kind of give you kind of the rundown of what that looks like. And uh, our first question for me is always, have you been in a sauna before? And I would say nine out of 10 times, the answer is, yeah, I sit in the one at Lifetime or I go on a steam sauna or a coal sauna or whatever it is. And the biggest difference is when you sit in one of those saunas, they're heated to 205, 200-ish degrees. You kind of get blasted externally with some heat. You last five, 10 minutes, you feel like you're kind of suffocating. You're having a hard time breathing. You need to get out. And that's just what it's doing. It's just heating you up externally versus our saunas, which makes them unique. And what makes them awesome with uh, the sauna manufacturer that we went with is they are full spectrum infrared saunas. And what that means is you get three different types of wavelengths. And without trying to be, you know, too boring or too sciencey, the three different type of wavelengths, the best way I can describe them is they're far, mid and near. And they are just what it sounds. The furthest is the far, which penetrates your body the deepest. That heats you up from the inside out. It heats your core body temperature. And what it essentially does is it mimics a fever. And a fever is what your body naturally does when it's fighting off infection, disease, sickness, anything like that. The neat thing is this will heat up your core body temperature, mimicking that fever, whether you're sick or not. So it's a phenomenal way to fight off sickness or retain that health throughout a, you know, the winter months, such as now when sickness is going around. And the cool thing is when you get out, you can actually test for a fever. Does that mean you're sick? No, it just means your immune system's activated, even if you're not sick. Uh, and then you got the mid wavelengths and that targets your muscle and your joint recovery. So pretty self-explanatory. I mean, athletes, muscles, and joints, that's everything you need to perform. And that's what we're trying to build up. In order to build up those muscles, it takes a combination of two things. It takes training, which is actually breaking down those muscles. And then it takes recovery to build those things back up. Now, recovery is a couple of different things. One is obviously rest and relaxation. Uh, and also to getting those mid wavelengths is an awesome way to rejuvenate and reboost those muscles and those joints. Uh, one good way uh, I can explain it. I didn't get access to an infrared sauna when I played. I never, you know, hardly knew they existed, but I still have a pretty strict workout regimen. And on my days where I'm not training, when I'm not weightlifting, I try to go sit in a sauna. And when I get out of bed in the morning, I'm not getting any younger. My hips hurt, my knees hurt. Those are the number number one and number two things on my body that just ache. If I do squats, I'll be hurting for three days. And since I've made this part of my routine, getting out of bed in the morning, like just rolling out of bed, my hips feel better. I feel like I'm looser. My knees feel better. They don't ache and creak and crack and all those things. So that's one super tangible thing that I've seen and noticed since I started doing it. Because, you know, bottom line is I'm not going to stop training. I'm not going to stop weightlifting. I'm not going to stop cardio. Those are things that are very important to me and my health. But in order to maintain doing those things without really taking a step back as I get older, you know, you need some stuff. And, and you know, I say stuff, I mean, you want to do all the right things. You know, I'm not taking anything intangible or, or you know, anything that's unnatural. It's just like a, a sitting in a sauna is one way to enhance my performance. Uh, and then you get the near wavelengths, which targets your skin. And that's uh, basically in the winter. My wife always talks about how her skin is super dry and it's really hard for her to maintain healthy skin. And so sauna is a great way to maintain a healthy glowing skin throughout the winter months, really throughout any months. Uh, so those three wavelengths, the far near mid, those are the biggest difference between what our full spectrum infrared saunas do that your typical sauna that you've seen anywhere else just doesn't have. So that's a super neat thing to hear and start to see yourself as you experience the sauna. I've had a little experience with myself with an infrared sauna. I have one at home, actually, and I don't have one here at uh, college. But when I was back home, I'd have some some nagging like knee and Achilles pain. And, and I'd go in there and I would just like concentrate the, the light right on that area. And I also have a red light therapy device, which is the same same principle. I don't think it works nearly as well when it's not combined with heat, but it certainly works. And I'd go in there with some knee pain and after like one or two sessions, it was completely gone. Um, I would never take time off of running. Um, and that would just like, it was an instantaneous fix almost. And I just recently after, after this weekend, I, I raced uh, a couple races and had a, a few brutal workouts on the track and our track is fast, but it's also hard. And I, I get some Achilles pain when I'm running on that track and I'm using using the the red light device but it's not nearly as effective without like the combination of of all spectrums of light and the heat as well so i really like that for recovery so you've kind of touched on how it's it recovers joints 
But but what about muscles? Is there any particular nuances or is it the same pathway where it, it targets the muscles via the, the wavelengths and the different wavelengths? Yep. It's that same. That's that mid wavelengths that, that penetrates, you know, in, in the mid range that targets those muscles and those joints. Um, and that's the biggest thing, like I said earlier, you know, one thing that I can really relay where you relate to running and, and how it, you know, affects your knees or your Achilles negatively as a former baseball player, you know, you're throwing, you're throwing, you're throwing just endless amounts of baseballs. And I think a lot of people, the misconception for baseball was you're throwing to build up your arm strength, or you're actually, you know, running to build up your leg strength. It's, it's actually the opposite. You're breaking the, you're breaking those things down and then how you build them back up, how you recover is going to be, sometimes more important, if not just as important as the training itself. Um, one cool story that I heard, it was a guy that he was actually kind of woke up one day and he said, I'm going to you know, figure out how to run five miles as fast as I can. And having no training background, no real knowledge of how to approach that, he said, I'm going to run five miles a day every single day after like a couple months. <laughs> I'm going to run faster because I'm training for it. And he found out pretty quickly. It was like first day, you know, went whatever. Second day was a little bit faster. Third day was slower. Fourth day was slower than his first time. And he's just like, what the heck is going on? What am I doing wrong? I'm four days in, I'm getting slower. And all of a sudden he completely, you know, based off of no knowledge, no experience, no research, just said, I need to rest. I'm getting tired. I'm hurting. And so he started building in those rest and recovery days. And all of a sudden by tweaking and altering his routine, he found out that that was just as important because otherwise he would have just been continuously breaking down. So that's like the main point is, especially for me in my career, it became okay, how am I going to, there'd be a lot of days. It's like, how am I going to pitch tomorrow? And uh, I don't have a lot of claim to fames in my career, but one thing that I really hang my hat on is the fact that when I played, I had two, a two year stretch, 2017 through 2018, where nobody in all of major league baseball pitched more than me. I pitched more than any, any single person in all of the major leagues and how that possible. Well, it's because I believed so much in my routine and what I was doing. And it got fairly extensive. I mean, to, by the end of my career, the, one of the, the, things that was easiest, you know, made it easiest for me to retire was the fact that I would show up at the field and instead of taking five, 10, 15 minutes of just, you know, stretching my arms and my legs, it was now it was an hour of preparation. You know, I, I'd prep my body for an hour before going out to prep my body in, in team stretch. And it just became a long process. And some of that, honestly, which we will get into led me to what we're doing here is I wish I would have had some of these modalities when I was playing because a lot of it for me in, in some of the physical ailments that I had, I would just have physical therapists and trainers and everybody telling me like, you just need to relax. You got so much tension you carry in your traps that it's affecting your shoulder and your throwing and relaxation was not a thing. It was, you know, it was very gimmicky back then. And all of a sudden people are starting to believe in it and show tangible results as to how it affects performance. And then not only that, but I saw it too. I rejuvenated my career and my career lasted another three years because I figured out some interesting relaxation techniques that boosted my performance that I was like, wow, okay, it's not a gimmick. This stuff is very real and it can absolutely affect anybody. I'm very familiar with with your story of training to uh, race five miles because in cross country, we run an AK, which is exactly five miles. <laughs> and so we actually only do two workouts a week in cross country with a with a long run. And then the, the in between days are just easy runs. So if we're able to use these modalities like the things behind me and infrared sauna, we might be able to recover more and get that third workout a week. If we are able to add one workout a week or even one workout every other week, that'd make a huge difference in our performance um, later on in the season. So just better living through science. Like you said, maybe it's not natural to sit in a find a box and heat yourself with different wavelengths, but better living through science is, is important when we're trying to reach peak performance and, and even just healthier living. That's, that's for sure. When I was in high school, I was preparing for the state meet and I knew it was going to be, it was going to be hot. So I would, I was using the sauna, not necessarily for recovery purposes, but for heat adaptation. In what ways, if somebody is training for an event, that's going to be hot outside, particularly in an endurance event and what ways can the sauna help with like heat adaptation and just preparing you to run or to do athletics outside when it's hot it's like anything else you know if, if you're going to go up to the mountains and ski you kind of get hit with that low oxygen right but the longer you spend up there the more your body gets acclimated yeah 
no different with, with Asana. In, in fact, like one of the packages that we offer is an intro three pack, which is basically three saunas, but we only let those three saunas happen within the first month of when they buy them. They get 30 days. Why do we do that? Well, because we want them to receive the health benefits of stringing those saunas together. Well, what that means is if they do one in one month and then one the next month and then one the next month, you're not going to really receive the stacked benefits of them. Sometimes it takes people's bodies a little bit to take to, to get acclimated to that. And what that looks like is maybe their first sauna, they don't hardly sweat at all. And we've had cases like that. And then all of a sudden their second one, they start to get acclimated a little bit more. They're sweating 20 minutes in. And then by the third one, they'll say, well, I was absolutely drenched, which is a good thing. Like sweating is a good thing as long as you're hydrated. And that's one question we get a lot too, is how often can I do it? Well, uh, you're going to only be limited by your hydration and, you know, pounding electrolytes, pounding water, just getting hydrated and then sweating it out. Like that's just your body detoxing and getting that deep detox. is just going to help you at a cellular level, be that much healthier. So um, awesome on all those fronts where you sit in the sauna for that long and and how long can I sit in there? Well, our sessions are typically 45 minutes and that's just basically what we've set as our standard time. We don't really think we wanna do any less than that. Can you do more than that? We've had, you know, people wanna sit in there for 90 minutes. There's nothing wrong with that. We just wanna make sure they have hydration in there with them so they can keep crushing water, or hydration packets or whatever they need to, to make sure they keep hydrated. But if that's something that somebody wants to do to get acclimated to the heat, I mean, I don't know how long, long the runs are, but you sitting in a sauna for 45 minutes, an hour and a half, whatever it is. I mean, absolutely. You're getting your heart rate elevated. That's the other thing is what I'll do is I'll set my watch to a workout, my Apple watch. And when I'm in there, it will never stop when I'm, you know, set my watch to work out and I go to the bathroom or get a drink of water. Or I'm sitting around having a conversation. My watch will yell at me, say, you're done with your workout. If I sit in the sauna, it never says that. So that means my heart rate's constantly elevated to a point of exercise worthy on the Apple watch. In a typical 45 minute session, I'll burn anywhere from 290 to 330 calories. So wow. absolutely a passive form of, of cardio where you are elevating your heart rate. Uh, but the biggest advantage is you talk about, you know, you're pounding your knees on the pavement every time you run, you're not getting that, you know? And I've seen a lot of different running techniques where you can get the anti-gravity treadmills. You can get, you know, stuff like that, where it's just, you're your one goal is to try to save your legs for a lot of different things. You know, if you're going to sit there and you want to get your heart rate up without sacrificing your legs, cause you got a big race coming up, you know, talk about a great way to do it. But also too, I think what people don't realize is you're, you're burning a lot of calories as well. So depending on people's goals, you know, I, I would say most Americans at some point have a certain weight loss goal. I know I do at, at certain times in my life and talk about an easy way on a day where I don't want to go beat myself up in the gym. I don't want to be laying on the floor, you know, ready to pass out from a workout. Well, shoot, my day's off. I'll go sit in the sauna and I'll get a quick 300 calories to hit my goals for the day. I recently got tested at the lab at the Accelerate Performance Lab, and we go through a DEXA scan. So we get our, our full weight and height and bone density uh, profile and like fat BMI. And mine, I believe the most recent time, which was a few months ago, was 10%. And it was after a time of off time in between cross country and track. So I knew I was I was going to gain a little bit of weight. And I and that's, almost, that's good for performance in the off season just to recover a little bit more. But I wanted to get that down closer to the six to eight percent range um and that's that's ideal for me in my sport and my performance so i did incorporate over christmas break the sauna and i noticed a a significant weight loss just from increasing my running volume again with the addition of sauna so i think that's a a really cool technique if somebody's got an extra few pounds or got an extra percentage or two of body fat just to shed that off very quickly normally it's not too difficult for us runners to do that just increase volume and, and it'll just shed off again back to when i was in high school i used the sauna more so for the hormonal benefits as well as the recovery benefits i remember preparing for state again and i learned this technique from andrew huberman he read this study where uh, participants saunaed for 30 minutes and then they took a break for five to 10 minutes. And then they saunaed for 30 minutes, took a break for five to 10 minutes and did that four times for a total of two hours in the sauna um, with 
with breaks and with hydration. But that led to an increase of growth hormone by 1600%. So 16 fold growth hormone increase. It did drop off if you did this multiple times in a week, but you could expect that growth hormone release if you do that protocol every week. I mean, if you're able to naturally achieve that much growth hormone, it's quite insane. Have you done any research on like hormonal release of sauna? And if so, what are some other protocols that you could use that might not be nearly as intense? Yeah, no, for sure. And and by the way, you're you're hired on the studio because some of this research is phenomenal. I mean, um, you're you're schooling me on some stuff, which is great because I mean, I'm reading stuff daily that I've never seen, never heard. And um, our our franchise posted a a, a a Instagram post the other day that said something about how it ba- balances your hor- hormones, and that's really neat because that's like their goal was to educate in doses, right? Because if we sat here and we threw every single benefit at you, I mean, I'm sure. Enough listeners out there are already having a hard time remembering what the three forms of wavelengths are. And that's one thing is, is educate in doses. So not to overwhelm somebody, but also get them to experience it themselves. And that's the biggest thing. But one thing that we did go over, they did a, a study on, it was a group of 2,300 Finnish men. And obviously infrared saunas are a lot bigger in certain countries. But anyway, so they followed 2,300 Finnish men over 20 years and what they found out was there's a 27% reduction in cardiovascular disease with people that were sauning two to three times a week. And then when they upped it to four to seven times a week, there's a 24% reduction in all cause mortality with saunas. So that's like super overwhelming, right? Because I think to hear somebody that it could prevent actually deadly, you know, things that could be going on, that's really cool. And it's hard to deny the science behind that because that's a pretty big sample size. I think if you take, you know, 23 people and you look at that, then you get might get one or two anomalies, but 2,300 people over a 20 year stretch, that's pretty incredible and pretty overwhelming. So to hear that and to read that and to be able to share that stuff, um, you're not only boosting your performance today or tomorrow or next week, but you're also kind of boosting your life longevity, which is such a compelling thing. I mean, to tell people that, not only tell people that, but like you're making them healthier and you're giving, giving them more mental well-being in their own lives. And like we have one gal that comes in that she works overnights and she comes in right after her overnights and she saunas right before she goes to bed. And she's like, this just basically like resets everything that I'm doing. And it's so refreshing to see her every single morning do that. And it's just like, it's awesome. And it puts a smile on my face when we see her and see her glowing as she's walking out to go to bed from her long shift. And that's, you know, that's what we're here for. And that's what we wanted to do. If you knew my wife, you would know, like, she wouldn't do something if it was gimmicky. She wouldn't do something if she didn't like believe it was not only helping people, but then can get excited over helping people because serving other people is what we're about. And what better way to do it than, you know, a health oriented business. Yeah, for sure. Um, what would you say the the optimal dosage for these saunas are? Um, I have read some studies where the massive longevity effects of doing it like four times a week, they they reduced all-cause mortality by 27 to 30 to even 40% in some studies they've done. Um, th- those are complicated studies because it's a it's a, almost a meta-analysis and it's not very controlled because you're looking at people's lives. So it's difficult to actually conclude very specific data, like how do we know that it's all from the sauna? But it is impressive nonetheless. And when we're doing performance, we're, we're not normally focused on longevity. Like I know, like you, you're a professional athlete, like, <laughs> I'm sure when you're pounding 300, uh, 400, 500 milligrams of caffeine, doing different techniques to increase your performance, you're not really focused on longevity. So it's cool that this is going to help your performance while also simultaneously making you healthier. Um, so what would you say is the optimal timing for performance in particular? here the 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 trainer the coach side of me is going to come out a little bit where try to cater to the individual because um, not everything's going to work the same for everybody and all i can ever tell the kids that i train is i'm going to give you everything i know but at the end of the day you have to formulate what works best for you you take bits and pieces from everything you've learned in life and so uh, that's one of our number one questions is uh, we had one gentleman that's got a membership that it became, you know, hey, where do you, where are you coming from? And he's like, well, I live about an hour and 15 minutes away. And it's like, well, shoot, four times a week is probably not going to happen. He said, I'm here in town doing deliveries twice a week. 
And so for him, it's twice a week, you know, like we don't envision him driving two and a half hours total to come sit in the sauna for 45 minutes. Will we love him to? Absolutely. But convenience is important. Uh, but also too, what I kind of landed on when thinking about this question hard is what did my t- normal week look like when I was training? And inevitably, you know, what I tell kids, you, you don't want to train day after day after day after day. If you're hitting like four days in a row of training and three days off to complete your week, you're just doing it wrong. Like you, you're just not going to find the best balance in your performance or your life to do it that way. The super high and super low, it's just not going to work. And so finding that balance of like the on, off, on, off, on, off, you're going to get to the point where you're training. Like you said, you're training two hard times a week, maybe a couple lesser workouts a week. That's about four-ish times a week. That means there's three days where you're either doing a lot less or practically nothing if you have a complete off day. And those are days too, where if anybody out there is like me, you sit there and you wonder, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? And sometimes like, you know, I'll do a workout where I don't even sweat. And I'm like, well, that didn't feel very good. Might be in the middle of winter and I just can't get a sweat going. It doesn't feel like I hardly did anything. So getting the the three-ish times a week, and I say three-ish because three times a week is a great plan to pair with the workouts, not a replacement. It's not a workout replacement. I don't want to ever think anybody would, would say I would recommend that. However, it's a workout pair. So if it becomes your workout regimen is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, that sounds to me like Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday is a great time for a sauna to kind of reset each day. If it's a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday is a common kind of training method or a Monday, Wednesday, Friday or something like that, then you can still hit that two to four times a week where you can go sit in a sauna and it's kind of a reset for you where you can go boost your recovery for the next day of whatever the workouts are. I have a lot of kids that will pair it right after their training where they'll come in, they'll train. And I'm fortunate where I'm right next door to the sauna so they can jump right in after. And then basically that's going to finish their workout or be a a finisher or a nice mental reset for them after their workout. And then they're kind of recharged the next day. So it just kind of depends on the individual. But what I kind of landed on is anywhere that two to four times a week, depending on people's schedules is a great addition to whatever else they're doing. I like how you focus on the individual, but I also say that you need to focus on your goal as well. So when my goal was growth hormone release, I was lifting and I was running and I just wanted that growth hormone um, benefits of that. I would only do it once a week, just one brutal session of two hours in there total, um, obviously with breaks again. It was shown that if you increase the the amount of times you do that heart-wrenching session, it's actually going to reduce the amount of growth hormone that's released because it's all comes back to the hormetic response where like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But if you keep doing what doesn't kill you, you're going to get less and less benefit from that. Um, Now, if it's for athletic recovery, like again, I would say the more the better. Like if you could do it five times a week and stay hydrated and stay um, stress-free, I think that's great. But the hormetic response, maybe just limit that to like once a week um, of a very brutal session. That might not be great for your business, but for for like athletic recovery, the more the better, I would say. Hey, if somebody's seeing us one to four times a week, anything they're doing at all for us is great for our business. And that's not, you know, obviously our main concern. Obviously, we want our business to do well. But, you know, being impactful, I think that's the coolest thing. It's just like you mentioned the 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 session that you just did. Like, I'm gonna go try that. You know, I haven't I haven't seen that research and I'm excited to see it, but not not like that do it for myself and see how it, how it works. But like I said, yeah, you're only going to be limited to how much you can stay hydrated. And if somebody wants to come in and do it every day, we have people that absolutely do that. Our founder likes to do 90 minute sessions and she loves it. And I'm, you know, still between running two businesses and two kids. I'm still trying to find a lot of those times to do the 90 minute, minute sessions, but you can, you can, bet that I get in there for my 45 minutes and, and at least get my dose of that. And the cool thing is too, like, I am not going to sit back and, and claim I'm a doctor or anything, but I haven't been sick since I've had this in my regimen. Um, and you know, it's been a brutal winter of sickness and obviously everybody knows what's gone on in the world in the last few years. And that was neat. Our, our franchise partners were able to remain open during COVID and said that a lot of people kind of beating down their doors, trying to get in there to maintain their health, which is an awesome thing. Cause talk about a scary time in the world, you know, and, and one, one little thing that you can possibly do to, to try to keep your health is, is absolutely worth it. Dan Jennings says that infrared sauna cures COVID. <laughs> Everybody attack him for, for the lack of science. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. None of this is medical advice, informational purposes only. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, so about that, 
Um, <laughs> immunity. I had issues with immunity and I get sick in high school a little bit after a hard training session or something. Um, I remember multiple times, like in my last two years of track, I got sick right before Drake relays. Absolutely brutal. I don't know what happened to me. Um, I got sick before my senior year at state cross. So immunity, how does, how does heat affect immunity and how can we get healthier and like fight off sickness through, through sauna? Sounded like a broken record a little bit, but that, that far wavelength is, is it's really neat where you think about, you know, the average person getting sick, you know, you get a fever and your body is active. A fever is actually a good thing. I think people think, you know, fever, fever means sickness and it does, but no, that means that your body's elevating its, its core body temperature in order to fight off whatever you have going on. Now there's constantly toxins in your body. If you're sick, if you're not sick, if you're mildly sick, you got to, you know, sneeze, whatever it is, there's always toxins in your body and the far wavelengths target those toxins and rids them out of your body. And that's what's super neat about this is elevating your core body temperature on a daily basis in order to activate your immune system. Like you don't have to get sick in order to have that happen and receive those benefits on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, whatever it is. And I mean, I've played baseball numerous times sick. I felt like I've had to throw up on the mound numerous times. It sucks. You know, it sucks in sport. It sucks in life. Uh, watching my kids and, and my kids are young, but you know, like a couple of weeks ago, we sensed my daughter was starting to get a scratchy throat and stuff. And we put her in a sauna, you know, and, and for a few straight days, she got to receive that heat and receive that activated, elevated core body temperature. And it was a lot easier for her to get through it. Now, is this a cure-all end-all? No, but is it something that you can absolutely help your daily routine to boost those things? Absolutely. And that's what was the first thing that sold me. Our, our uh, We heard a story about somebody who was sitting these during covid and they would get out and, and they, you can actually test for a fever. You can have a, an elevated body temperature when you get out. And so during COVID, you know, they are testing your body temp everywhere you walk into a store or whatnot. And so they had to sit in their car for a while because they're going to read an elevated temperature. And it was just because they sat in a sauna, not because they were sick. It's interesting. As long as we stay below 108 degrees, like we're going to be okay. So anything up to that, 108 degrees is the temp or is the temperature where proteins um, break apart. So if we stay below that, um, we're around 100 degrees. If we can get our um, body temperature up to that, we're actually killing those those pathogens and those uh, micro uh, like bacteria in your body. And there's even even somebody and multiple people, I think it's it's not in America yet, but there's a treatment for cancer. Uh, again, I'm, I'm saying that infrared sauna does cures cancer, but it doesn't, not medical advice. But it was a hypothermic example where somebody just wrapped their body in very thick clothing and then put themselves basically in a glorified sauna and they increased their body temperature right below that 108. So they didn't die, obviously, uh, but they got as close to it as possible. You just feel terrible while you're doing it, but it did cure cancer in this this situation. Um, again, not medical advice at all. Um, but it's interesting how powerful heat can actually be when it's when it's a natural and controlled heat. And that's what that's one neat thing too. So I, I feel compelled to mention uh when I talk about you know your typical steam or cold sauna being 100 or 200 to 205 degrees. So infrared technology is actually effective down to 110. And so we set our saunas to 150 and they can go up to 170, no higher, and they can go down to 110. So people can adjust the temperature accordingly, but if they feel like they're just like, like you said, they're, it's brutal or they, they're feeling like they have to endure it or whatnot. Uh, the neat thing is they can turn down the sauna and still be in a good place and receive the health benefits that it has to offer. And that's one thing that that's important to us for our customers is uh, we'll take note if somebody mentions or if we notice that they've messed with the temperature at all, then we'll put it in their notes uh, that they would like a certain temperature. So that way we can have that temperature set for when they come in so they can get kind of customized to where they feel. Um, what we found is a lot of people, if they want to adjust it at all, they actually want to go higher up to 170. So we'll make sure we set it to 170 for when people come in if they want it higher. You can definitely make it as comfortable or as uncomfortable as you really like. I'm kind of a glutton for punishment, so I just want to crank it up as high as possible and just, and just <laughs> suffer. But about the suffering, like what is the mental effects of sauna? We've talked about all the physical and hormonal benefits of it, but like, is there anything mental that we can get from, from a sauna session? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, it all depends on the person, right? So the benefits or lack of benefits, it's all going to depend on how you approach things, how you treat things. If somebody's going to go in there, you know, mentally 
closed off. Like it's going to be a lot more difficult. There's a, a a slew of things you can do, you know, like, so for me, this is more a float thing, which we can talk about later. But um, one big thing. So when I was still playing in 2017, I got diagnosed with thoracic outlet. If anybody doesn't know what that is, that's a lack of blood flow to your extremity. In this case, it was my pitching arm and a lack of blood flow basically means you're not, you're just not getting, you know, as much blood to your, your, your arm. And it, it was hard for me to feel the baseball and have any really feeling in my hand at certain times. The recommended surgery is typically an 18 month recovery. So something I didn't really have the luxury of, of doing. Cause I mean, I was, you know, at that point I was 30 plus years old. And if I have an 18 month surgery, I don't think anybody's signing me after that. So instead I got introduced to, you know, mental relaxation, breathing techniques, PRI, strain, counter strain, you know, active release, just so many things that were aiding in my relaxation or not tensing up and relaxing muscles, which is obviously you're heating up muscles. I would walk around with a heat pack on my neck for 15 minutes a day before getting into my actual training with a, with a physical therapist or a trainer just to heat up the joint, heat up the muscles to get it to relax and loosen up. And obviously you go into a sauna and you're surrounded with heat for 45 minutes, you're getting tensile release that muscles just, you know, heating up and becoming more elastic. And that's going to help you basically relax in general, not to mention like you're not straining anything in there unless somebody's, you know, bringing a, a barbell to do some squats or some, you know, like, and, and that's an option too. If somebody wants to do some stretching, or some active release in there too, you know, great, but it's just going to, you know, add that much more effect when you're heating up all your muscles and your joints. I mean, it's like hot yoga on steroids for sure. So that's cool, <laughs> but we're running up on our time for the sauna section. Um, so we'll end with, are there any risks or times that you don't want to sauna or you should avoid saunaing? Absolutely. So um, very good question. Um, so we won't permit anybody that is pregnant in the sauna. That's like a primary disclaimer. And we usually steer them towards the float, which is phenomenal for pregnant people. But um, that's an automatic, you know, no go for us. Uh, anybody with a, a heart condition or a pacemaker or a battery or anything like that, um, it's just not worth, you know, risking anything or, or flirting with danger there. So um, that's an automatic no-go for us. But other than that, those are the the primary concerns of, of anything we look for and not permitting somebody in there. So on to the float topic. I think we've touched most of what I wanted to talk about about the sauna. Maybe we missed a few things. But what is a float tank? What is like sensory deprivation and this float tank? Golly, a lot of people, they just want to come in and, and see what our float is and experience it. And because they have a hard time picturing it. And I think what a lot of people think is you're getting into a bathtub with a lid and first reaction is, ah, uh, you know, claustrophobic. I'm not sure I'd like that, this and that. So our float room, and I call it a room because mainly it, it is a room. It's an eight foot by eight foot, give or take a few inches room that's built for two people. So you actually get in uh, through a hatch style door. The only reason it's a hatch style door is because there's water in there and the water's give or take 20 inches deep. So you have to, you know, climb it up over at a ledge to get in so the water doesn't come out. But then uh, it's 1500 pounds of Epsom salt are diffused into 95 degree water in our float room and 95 degrees because that's the temperature of your skin. So the water's heated up to your skin temperature, that much salt, so you float effortlessly. So when you are able to relax and get in a state of well-being, you float effortlessly, you don't feel gravity, you don't feel the water compressing upon you. Uh, there is a light that you can leave on or turn off. Some people like it on if they don't like the complete darkness. I'm a complete darkness kind of guy. We have a starlit ceiling. Uh, it's the same thing they put in like a Rolls Royce is kind of the best way to describe it. A lot of people know what that is. Uh, and so you can have the stars on, you can have sand, like ambient noise or ocean waves or any anything like that on. Everybody kind of finds their own groove as to what they like or what they don't like. But ultimately, yeah, the main goal is just to relax. And the the whole point of the Epsom salt, because a lot of people out there that will take salt baths at home, well, they'll basically just buy some, you know, salt that they can diffuse into their bath water at home and they'll float. And then you drain the water and you got to do it all over again the next time. And the cool thing about this is it's basically that you know, absolutely on steroids because you're getting a way heavier dose of salt. Uh, and once the Epsom salt is absorbed into your skin and the float, you get that heavy boost in magnesium. And magnesium, in addition to helping with over 100 bodily functions, the main one is sleep. I have yet to meet the person that tells me they sleep great every night, 
all night. And so at some point, everybody could use a heavy, heavier dose of magnesium. It's over 70% of uh, people are deficient in magnesium. So hearing that, it's pretty much a no-brainer. There's not too many people that can't use a heavier dose of that. But uh, it's a great way to relax. Going back to you know my medical problems with thoracic outlet and trying to relax my upper traps and my neck and my back and my spine. Being introduced to PRI and breathing, I had a physical therapist that got with me at one point and he challenged me during an off season to basically get into some head and neck positions and just work on my controlled breathing. And it was the first time I'd done that. And I was the first person I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to spend 20 minutes doing this when I could be downstairs lifting, lifting weights or whatever it is. And he challenged me to get to the point where I could do like 40 second breaths. I think he wanted me to start at five second inhale, five second exhale, or a 10 second breath and then work my way up. And it was really neat to the point where I got to, I got there where I could do a 40 second breath, 20 second inhale, 20 second exhale. And floating on the regular has given me a, a renowned sense of opportunity to do that again, where I started working on my controlled breathing. And, you know, that's one thing that the more you research controlled breathing, the more you realize how much of it plays a part into your muscle control and your mind-body connection and your lung capacity and your core training and all of that stuff directly feeds off of that. So given that opportunity, and then not only that, but you think about it that way, if I'm able to do even 30 second breaths and I'm in the float tank for 25 or 40 minutes in a 25 minute session, that's only 50 breaths. So it's like to think of it that way, like any more, the more I float, the faster the time goes and the more I'm disappointed to get out because I've received more and more effects and benefits every single time I've done it. And it's cool to see because the last time I got in, I couldn't believe the session was over as, as quick as it did. And that's one thing I've been curious to ask the average person that comes in is what their opinion on it was, you know, because our customers are going to give us the best, not only testimonials, but they're going to give us the best feedback as to what their experience was. So I always thought the float tank was just for sensory deprivation. So you're just supposed to sit in there and like experience no sensory stimulation. And it's just like all mental benefits. I did not know like you were, if there was actually lights in there, if you wanted them or sounds. And I didn't know you're actually supposed to do stuff like, like breathing exercises. So, so that's interesting. Is, is it more common for people to go in there for relaxation benefits with like the lights and stuff, or is it more common for people to go fully like sensory deprivation and like no stimulus at all? You know, I don't even have a great answer for that because we, we've kind of gotten all across the board and the float tank was actually originally developed for military veterans with PTSD. That was like a very interesting topic. We have a, a franchise partner that was a psychologist in the military and her husband's special forces. And she's been phenomenal for us. She's been, you know, nothing but helpful. And she's basically just done the world of difference for veterans in their military community with, with floating. But she basically gave us some good instructions on how to handle. Um, we had a, a gentleman by the name of Troy come in. He runs Valor Fit, which is a great organization in the area that helps veterans. And he's a guy who's pretty open about his PTSD. And he came in for a float and he said he fell asleep right away. And we were kind of wondering, you know, because that's what it was developed for that. And it's been huge for people with concussions. So those two things right there are obviously very tangible things and, and widely known things that people deal with on a daily basis that if they can be helped with those things, that's great if we can provide that opportunity for them. But also too, it's like when you say sensory deprivation, I think people have almost a misunderstanding where they're saying no sight, no sound, nothing. But that can almost mean a little bit different things to different people. And it, I've almost retrained my mind to, to realize that sensory deprivation for me means getting rid of my phone, getting rid of my Apple Watch, getting rid of my computer or my TV and having zero electronics in there. And then I still got, you know, sounds or lights or whatever else playing. That's fine. I'm disconnected from any technology and forcing my mind to shut off whether I like it or not, because I challenge people to think, when was the last time you got went 40 minutes without a device near you or on you? And when I ask people that question, you know, it's it instantly gets them thinking, man, I don't know if I've ever had that. And so to experience that and, and just disconnect and like we had one gal that came in that was working 19 hour shifts since Christmas. And she's just like, goodness gracious, like I just need something. 
And she came in and she floated and she came out and instantly just started basically screaming, saying that was the best 25, 40 minutes of my life. And we're like, that's awesome, you know, because she's not military. She's not, you know, concussed, anything like that. But yet she can experience the similar effects that, I mean, anybody can experience it, you know, just disconnect from the world, unplug for a second and just force yourself to relax. And then the added health benefits are just an absolute bonus, you know, not to mention that it naturally aligns your skeletal system. So we've had, you know, nine or 10 different chiropractors come in and they're just curious too. You know, we have a chiropractor floating later today and it's a guy who said he's got an infrared sauna in his basement. So he's like, well, I'm not going to hear sauna, but I can't wait to float. And he's, this is his, you know, I don't know, third or fourth float now. So the fact that chiropractors are getting behind us and, you know, understanding what it does, we had a concussion specialist from unity point come in and we were trying to connect with him and figure out, you know, how can we make this thing impact what you guys are already doing? So, I mean, just such a wide array of, you know, clients and demographics and people that can experience the benefits. I really have yet to meet the person that, can't find a way to benefit from, you know, really either one of these modalities. You said like chiropractors are using it for like spine, like decompression and just decompression in general. Obviously runners are running dozens and dozens of miles a week. So we're, we're compressing our joints and we're compressing our spine a lot. So is that something that we would go into the float tank and experience just this um, like decompression? And would that help with soreness or like injury prevention or just like biomechanics in general? One thing that is utterly important in, you know, sports or training or or sports performance in general is understanding kind of the mind body connection. Mental clarity is going to be so impactful and big for everything. And essentially injuries occur when the body's not physically ready to do something you're trying to get it to do. And how do you get your body to do that? Well, you train and how do you train effectively? Well, recovery adds to that. And so going back to what I said earlier, you know, recovery is just as important as your training. Whereas if you're not getting that recovery and you're not getting in that mental state and you start to see people like, you know, Steph Curry and Tom Brady starting to incorporate this on a weekly, I mean, without speaking to know how often they're doing it, but let's say weekly, bi-weekly basis, you know, that's them saying that my mental clarity is just as important of a factor in my performance or else if you get lazy or you get mentally just, you know, broken down, then you're not able to perform. You just flat out not. And I've had days like that where you're just not mentally there. I'm sure everybody who's performed has, but you're just not there mentally. It's just not happening that day. And those are the days where, you know, you almost either, you got a couple options. You got, you know, you got figured out or your body kind of goes into that fight or flight mode of, of your stress and anxiety. And that leads to bad performance. I never read anything that said, you know, being stressed is going to enhance your performance. You have people that that thrive off of pressure, but I would argue and say that people that thrive off of pressure aren't the ones that are stressed. They're able to deal with the pressure a little bit better. And how do you deal with pressure? Well, to basically de-stress. And this is just one excellent way to de-stress and, and you know get out of that state of mind. I would say that one of the best ways to de-stress is to meditate and sensory deprivation or float tank is almost meditation on steroids. And it kind of makes sense now that you say it where the lights are acting as something to maybe focus on. It kind of just like meditation, you're not just sitting there trying to think about nothing. Like that's impossible. None of us could just think about nothing. We think about the breath because that gives us something to focus on. So we are not drifting or not thinking about um, who's liking my social media post or something like that. And the lights or music could act the same way. And you're like, you're focusing on the lights or music instead of focusing on the thoughts, like running through your head and just completely de-stressing. And I guess with the the combination of magnesium, it's just helped with relaxation as well. So you say it helps with sleep. And is that primarily just because of the magnesium you get from the Epsom salt? Or is there other reasons where that helps with sleep? Yeah. So the magnesium is the biggest thing. Uh, magnesium directly affects your sleep positively or negatively, depending if you're deficient or if you have adequate doses. Uh, but that's the main, that's the main factor. Now, now mental state, you know, obviously I don't think that's something you can tangibly measure. Um, and so we want to point to the things that we can tangibly measure. However, I'm never going to sit here and say being in a better mental state is not going to help you sleep. Of course it will. Being less stressed, you're going to sleep better. And boosted magnesium helping you sleep better, that's going to lead to a better day and probably less stress the next day. We talk a lot about uh, there's a lot of new research out there showing how important sleep is for recovery. And 
I think I kind of missed the boat on this because when I was in college, it became, you know, the 4 a.m. punishment stuff for if we did something wrong and the 4 a.m. practices are a thing to get them out of the way early in the day or whatever it is. And now I think a lot of people are being educated on how how horrible that is. And that's one big reason, like in my training, I'm not going to run a 5 a.m., 6 a.m. session before school. Why? Well, because these kids are going to school, then they're going to practice then they have homework and then they're already going to bed at 10. If I, if I have a workout in the morning or not, they're still going to bed at 10 at best, maybe 11, maybe midnight, in which case, if they're going to bed at 11 and I have a, if they're working, waking up at five then they're getting six hours of sleep. And we talk about getting minimum seven, eight ish hours of sleep. And so anything you can do to help you get that eight hours of sleep. And I think there's a lot of different methods that people talk about, such as putting technology down before, you know, half hour before you go to sleep or setting a schedule or routine. Uh, but that's one really neat thing is this, this isn't something that we're like, Hey, you float every day and you're gonna sleep better. No, like float every two weeks and you're going to see some consistent results across the board continuously. So like that's the thing, it's a small thing that you can add to really bring in that longevity of, of recovery and, and boosted sleep and magnesium and stuff like that. So, and just the, the ability to disconnect a little bit from, like you said, technology, um, there's, uh, a trend going on last year or the year before during COVID that was called like dopamine detoxing. Uh, and we're, we're constantly bombarded with stimuluses that release dopamine in our brain. This neurotransmitter is, is fantastic for motivation and drive, but also if you have too much of it, it's kind of the opposite effect. So how would you say? the lack of stimulation in these floats affects neurotransmitters and like the nervous system and dopamine in particular. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, going back to the last time, you know, I mean, I'll ask you the same question and, and you're more in tune, I think, than the average human being as to what all this stuff does and how it can affect you directly. But, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm on my computer. I got my phone with notes in front of me. I've got my Apple watch ready to go. I've got, you know, 18 other electronics in this room going on to be able to disconnect like that. Like it, it not only is it rare, it, it's, it doesn't happen. I mean, you, you just like, you're never going to be in a situation where you don't have those things and you go to practice, let's say, and you have a 30, 45 minute practice or whatever it is, then that's probably the only 30, 45 minutes you set your phone down all day. And then you come back and you probably got three or four different text messages, you know, like there's just, there isn't any disconnect. There is none of that. And to be able to do this and to force that mental state of relaxation. And that's what we say is like, initially it might be forcing people and no, we're not going to force them in the tank, but putting them in there, you're not getting out to go get your phone mid session. And we have yet to have somebody get out mid session. It hasn't happened yet. So to really like force yourself to disconnect. And then when people realize what that can do for them and how they can get out in more of a better mental state. For me, it was super odd where I would get out the first like four or five times. And it seemed like every single time I got out, it was somebody who was there waiting to have a conversation about something relevant in life, like business or training or whatever it is. And I was so mentally not equipped to handle that conversation. I would every single time I'd have to tell them like, hey, just you need to give me 15 minutes. It was like, it was almost like I wanted to go into a room and close the door just to kind of like, you know, come back down to earth a little bit and re you just re like reset my mind. Cause I just wasn't ready for that. Like I was in a really, really good mental state and to go back to like a stressed environment. It was like, I wasn't, no, I wasn't ready to handle that yet. But one of the, the neatest things that we are able to offer and, you know, finding the time for me to do it is a little bit of a challenge sometimes. Like I mentioned, I got two kids and, you know, two businesses to manage and this and that, but uh, we call it the detox and de-stress where you're getting into the sauna, you're spending your 45 minutes in the sauna, and then you're going immediately across the way into our float and going in for a de-stress. Like that's a super neat combination to be able to get both a, a heavy dose of both of those things in just a, an hour and a half to two hour span. Um, so again, we call that our detox and de-stress. And that's one of the needed, we've had so many, not only so many people do that, but one big added bonus that we offer is all of our saunas are big enough for three, which means that we allow two people in there. Now we're not putting somebody in there with a stranger, obviously, but we've had a lot of couples go sauna together and then they'll get in the float together too. Cause our float is a deluxe, which means two people can go in at the same time. And we've had a lot of couples that find that to be their date night 
it's it's funny. We had one couple that got out and they said, man, this is going to sound super weird, but this was a really good way for us to connect. Sounds odd because they're not connect. They're not talking in the flow. They're not doing anything essentially together, but I've done it with my wife and it's, it's the same thing where it's like, you get to be together, but you also get to get that, you know, mental state of relaxation and, and disconnecting from the rest of the world. And it's just, you know, you in there, just you and your significant other in there is it's a super neat thing. Talking about the the combination of different things to to boost like productivity and boost motivation. This summer, I I was experimenting with some different things because in the summer I'm I'm working and I also have to run, so my motivation is low when I when I get done with an eight or ten hour shift and I have to go run. I'm like I really don't want to do this at the moment. So I was I was experimenting with different like modalities or combinations of things to boost motivation, and I think the most effective things are just cutting yourself off from external stimulus. So what I would do, not not specifically motivation for running, but I'll give you a, an example, I guess. On Sunday, um, I would do like a an intermittent fast, 20 hours, 16 hours or something. I would wake up Monday morning. I would um, go for a run and then ice bath. Those three and uh, this 24-hour period, I wouldn't go on my computer. I wouldn't look on like social media or anything like that. And it's just the lack of stimulus with also some discomfort from maybe some hunger and you're not getting the the dopamine response from food your motivation for anything in life is just so boosted because of your lack of stimulus for the last like 20 hours it's so interesting because i feel like we've lost a lot of the the drive or at least kids my age have lost a lot of the my the drive so if you're able to drop that stimulus very low, maybe through a float tank or suffering through a sauna, just the stimulus you get from normal everyday things that you need to get done is so elevated. I think you hit the nail right on the head. It's just the combination of those things will lead to so many benefits more than just physical benefits. I kind of went on a tangent there. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I think like every once in a blue moon, you'll accidentally leave your phone somewhere or something and knowing that you're not getting anything, you know, no problems. Nobody, even if there is a problem, nobody can reach you. Like that's an awesome feeling. And as much as it's like, a, it's borderline stressful at times because you're like, what am I missing? That fear of uh, missing out a little bit. Uh, but afterwards, it's almost like you get your phone back and you're, you realize you missed nothing. You know, absolutely nothing. The world didn't fall apart you know nobody died or nothing crazy happened so yeah like getting that little dose of of detaching from the world around you and just being able to connect with yourself and be with your own thoughts um my wife always says our kids say they're bored and she goes boredom's good because it makes your mind activate and work okay so like no different sitting in a sauna or sitting in a float like your mind basically you know going over stuff and it's something like, you know, whatever, 90% of stats are all made up. I love that one. But it's like 80% of all fears that you have never come true or something like that. So it's just like, so worrying is irrelevant. And that was something that, you know, I always signed all my autographs with was something that I read in the Bible and, and lived by was don't be worrisome. And it's so simple and the, the passage goes on. But at the same point, it's so hard. We all worry on a daily basis, like you know, a million worries a day. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is bad. I'm not going to train enough. I'm not going to finish this race. I'm going to get last, whatever it is. And then to, to think about, well, most of those fears are never even going to become a reality. All of it comes back to, you know, float, not float, sauna, not sauna, like just mentally being in a good state, how monumental that can be for life. And you're talking about like having a boost in attitude. Like there'll be days where I get that boost in motivation and all of a sudden my whole house is clean. You know, like every single thing in my house is spotless. And all of a sudden we're tearing rooms apart and throwing stuff out and cleaning and doing this. And you get those days and how gratifying those days feel and something that can enhance that feeling or help you get that feeling on a daily basis or help boost that energy or boost that mood. It's like, it's like, that's an absolute no brainer. Why wouldn't you do that every day? You know, it's, it's one of those deals, like take my money. And that's obviously what we made it where we actually started this conversation where my wife wanted a sauna in our house. We viewed it as something that, well, we can actually probably make this a business and make something we're passionate about. Cause if you're starting a business, you're not passionate about them. What are you doing? You know, we were able to turn it into a business and now we get to preach it on a daily basis. Not only that, but we get to obviously use the, the stuff ourselves and 
experience the benefit ourselves, which is a big reason why we started this is because that's what we wanted in the first place. Yes, we are lazy human beings, that's for sure. And we're trying to just take the path of least resistance all the time. Um, and I think the use of these float tank and sauna is is just helping us pave that path of least resistance and, and pave it in a way where it's it's making us more productive, it's making us more efficient in our sport, and it's helping us recover in general. So we're nearing our time here. Uh, a couple last questions. So how many saunas um, do you guys have at the studio there? In case we want to have some of the Accelerate guys out there, uh, how many people could you hold? Yeah, so we have six saunas. And technically, that would mean we could do up to 12 people at a time, which is super neat. And uh, on the rare occasion, you know, we have three three people come in at once or something that want to all sauna together. We'll figure it out. It's just about comfort, right? Like, Because we want to make sure our saunas are big enough for everybody's comfortable. Um, and then that's the only downside of the floating is we have one because it's a rather large room that has a, a shower so you can rinse off before and after as well. So six saunas, one float up to 12 people in the saunas all together and, and one to two floaters at a time. Yeah. So if somebody's really interested in, in your process and in the process of saunaing and floating, um, how can they reach out and, and get contact with you? And what does the process of, of that look like? We have, you know, the most common social medias. We have Instagram. We have uh, Facebook, we're just pure sweat grimes. And when somebody searches us, you know, at this point, they're going to find a lot of the different franchise partners and all over and, and they're all named as where their location is. So we're just pure sweat grimes. We're on Instagram is the most common way to reach us. Uh, we also have our website, which is puresweatstudios.com. And then you just click on our location. It has all the information from our, our um, business on that website, pricing, memberships, packages, all that stuff. And the cool thing we're offering right now uh, through the end of the month is any membership that anybody buys, they get an automatic free float on there as well. And that's been really neat for people because it gives them an opportunity to not only sign up for something that they're more familiar with in the saunas, uh, but then they get that float. They get to try it, see if they like it. And if they do, they get to sign up for more floats. I really appreciate your time here. Is there any last pieces of information you'd like to tell our listeners before we end today? No, I just wanted to to make sure I thank Ben. It was awesome that that Ben Tillis had had me on here, and he's been a great resource for me. Ben's so energetic and and passionate about what he does, and anybody that knows him knows that. And I've known Ben for just a short time, and for him to go out of his way to make sure a lot of this is possible is awesome. So props to Ben for that. But I think the last thing message that I keep wanting to reiterate is for me, you know, in my career. Pitching as much as I did 149 times over a two-year span was the, the peak of my career. It truly became the days. There was a lot of days I woke up and I said, how am I going to survive today? I don't even know if my arm's going to still be attached. And <laughs> it was going back to that routine and the recovery routine that made sure I could get up and play and be able to perform the next day. And just, you know, reiterating recovery is just as important as the training is. You can overtrain. You can absolutely overtrain. That's going to be worse for you. You can undertrain, but pairing the right proper amount of training, the right type of training, pairing that with the right type of recovery is so huge in making the well-rounded athlete. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I hope that people will take advantage of this. Um, I know how effective sauna has been for me. Um, I'm going to definitely have to come up and, and try the float tank out for sure. And like I said, I think we're going to have to do another podcast, a follow-up. I don't think we really touched on all the different aspects that I wanted to today, but we are ending on our time here. So I might have to come up, um, me and Ben, uh, come up to the studio. But I, I really appreciate you you coming on today and just thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Well, there you have it. There was my conversation with former Major League Baseball player and owner of the Pure Sweat Float Studio in Grimes, Iowa. If you like this episode or any of the episodes of this podcast, the best way to support us is by leaving a positive review on iTunes and going over to our Instagram page and dropping a follow. As always, thank you for listening to the Accelerate Performance Lab podcast, and we'll see you again next week.